1: Again, fellow basement dwellers and the dogs, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds, of course, is brought to you by the Chairshot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head.
0: The Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
1: And it is quite a little episode here as we head into the holidays. It is Monday the 19th. Dave is given the circle. The dogs are just excited, Tony, because today's the first day of Hanukkah as we record this. And so they're looking for their little prize. It's like, quite possible. You know, they want they're they're waiting for Dave to light the first candle and, and hand out the gift. Yeah, you spin a dreidel, whatever it is that, that happens. I this holiday season that I know nothing about. What's up with the
2: dogs? Eh? <laughs> I think they're, uh, they're, uh, their mom just got home and she, they know that she probably brought them some treats. So they're like, let me out of here. Treats. Huh? Hanukkah treats? Maybe. They might be doggy Hanukkah treats. You never know. I don't know. I don't David Lee Roth likes the menorah. I know that. That's right. Rod Carew, he converted. He did. Tony,
1: Tony, I could just... I. How Come on, you appreciated that, PC.
0: Sure, it's great.
1: What? Wow, you're surly today. I, no, I'm not. Surly, <laughs> really, this, this is so different. You're usually the not the curmudgeon. You're usually the one, you know, stirred out. By the way, folks, you, if you haven't figured it out now, yes, I am joined, of course, by Mr. Saturday Night PC Tunney. I am also joined by the lawyer himself, David Ungar. I am the curmudgeon, and I'm proud of it. As we record here on this Sunday celebrating things like the first day, of, uh, first night of Hanukkah, Lionel Messi winning his World Cup, uh, the Bears continuing March to the second pick in the draft, all of that good stuff. But we're here to talk nerdy things. We are going to continue our coverage of Doom Patrol. We got a few trips to the trailer park to take and this this DC news story that we started talking about last week continues into this week. As we have some major announcements, revelations, I get to brag about how I was right about something, as well as some more news around Warner Brothers and Discovery and that merger and the fallout there. Uh, So exciting, exciting episode, and we're going to start it with Dave hitting some music for us so that we can talk episode three of season four, Doom Patrol. This week focused a little bit more on this Rita far and cyborg cyborg trying to go home, Victor to visit the friends that he grew up with, trying to reconnect with his past. And he he faces some harsh truths and realities uh, about what happened to his friends after his mother, his mother and he had their accident, uh, his mother dying and, and him being created and turned into cyborg and just really what that what that impact was of him leaving and the impact of him becoming cyborg had on his friends on the other side of things rita who is horribly depressed after being passed over by the gang to have as leader for madame rouge does the dumbest most vain thing i've ever seen in this episode of Doom Patrol, because they're all pretty vain and stupid throughout most of this show. But she's all depressed. Somebody knocks at her door, and there's a flyer that's like a film retrospective of Rita Farr's career. This woman who has been reviled by this town thinks, oh, they're doing... like This is actually a thing that's happening and is dumb enough to go to this theater where she is sucked into her own film by this emotional vampire that I can't remember the name of. and is being manipulated into suffering from emotions so that she can help this minion awaken Amortis, And so we continue the Amortis plot a little bit towards the end. Um, those are, those are the two like sort of central story arcs that happen. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you, your reactions to this episode and, uh, and what we saw.
2: Well, you, you can't forget the, uh, orgasm missed i mean you know we gotta no
1: i wasn't going i I wasn't going to bring it up because i knew that with your proclivity to talk about all the sexual stuff in a show i would just let you talk about the sexual stuff on anyway go ahead
2: no uh i I think the story of uh, three episodes in i think vic's journey back to cyborg is kind of the thing that i've noticed that i'm most interested in because you can clearly see like i i thought with his conversations with his buddies who um, you know to me it was like they were like you know you were the superhero you were the one who was out there uh, protecting us even if you weren't directly protecting us why would you give that up why would you just you know go back to being normal they they couldn't understand that and his best friend and him um, had a, a very kind of terse exchange during a laser tag game which exposed a lot of feelings and I think Vic's journey back to Cyborg is, is one of the things I'm most interested in, but yeah, Rita making some bad decisions um, and, and ending up, you know, <laughs> in all of her movies and sucking her teammates in there with her. So yeah, I, I I'm not sure what happens to her at the end. She's uh not, apparently i don't know if she's dead or anything but she's not conscious but i i thought another cool episode uh it's they seem to be going into like a deeper direction as far as immortus what was this dr janice was that the emotional vampire just like an emotion vampire thing and i i love rouge in this episode where she finds niles folders on dr janice and how to beat her is all blacked out and she's just like you i mean just some not so flattering things to say about niles so and uh, just
1: gets and just gets shit faced. Yes, as, as in reaction to it. Five and
2: shots of gin and, cracked me up. Yeah, it was. She is one of the funniest characters in the whole thing. But yeah, I think the cyborg thing is 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 what's interesting me the most, and and whatever's happening with them in this in this emotional vampire and immortus apparently not far around the corner now.
1: Tony, what did you think of the episode?
0: It was fun. I mean, I yeah, I think more than just me enjoyed the uh the fun jane had with the mist and everything that was a very interesting part of the show but i think really like dave said already is is are we going to get cyborg back right how, how long till we get that and i'm guessing it's going to be after immortus showing up is just what's going to cause that to happen um so we'll see i'd like to, i'd love to see how they're going to play out immortus and what what that's going to look like so but the whole Doctor Janus thing stealing the feelings, that was it was pretty cool. Being in the movie, Rouge flew away; she turned into a bird. Um, right. So yeah, very I like much where they're figured going. out. Yeah,
1: she she was definitely on it. And you know, we got the return of Keeg, uh, Chob Keeg, to save the day and get them out of the film. And, and an interesting twist is we don't know where Keeg is standing. So Dave, you you talked about it, but let's let's go back to. Crazy Jane, because what was really interesting about that encounter is not so much the the sex part, which is, you know, what everybody's going to remember. But it was about Jane talking to Cliff in the aftermath and sort of describing what not just like the physical part, but that there was some sort of emotional connection. And I'm trying to remember whose eye it was that she said she made eye contact with Shelley in there. Was it? shelly
2: shelly who was i think one and, of the miss beings from the sisterhood of dada or something like that
1: right right yeah and that there was like this that there, that it was more than just this like physical have an orgasm sort of thing and that she was really conflicted about her experiencing that because of Kay, and what is her responsibility does she even have a right to to have feelings like that with it not being k i think that's a that's an interesting we haven't really explored this too k doesn't want to be followed or found right now like k's up in her own world doing god knows what and that's you know that's another you know another mystery going on with the show in this season but it, it was interesting. And of all the people to go to for advice, she goes to Cliff, which is, you know, not exactly the strongest uh, marriage <laughs> the, counselor. There was a Hall doctors, of Fame for feelings. feelings.
0: That would be number one. Right.
1: Well, the right. orgasm. He's right. but not The li- emotional attachment, though. The emotionally stunted Cliff. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but like you said um you know Jane was uh, she tells Cliff there's a a gentility to the whole thing that she's not accustomed to um that that kind of sets her back a little bit and and but Jane and Cliff have always been kind of like the relationship that has been the tightest of uh, all these misfits thrown together. It's always been Cliff and Jane who and they've had their outs here and there but they've always been kind of like to me these are the two who have been the tightest knit through the whole thing. So yeah, I agree. Going to Cliff for emotional advice, probably not the best of ideas, but probably the only one that Jane trusts.
1: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if she actually allows that relationship or, or that opportunity to develop. So just something to keep an eye on. This was uh, this was kind of a get us there episode in terms of building uh, the rise of Immortus. I, I was actually surprised at how little there really was to take away after the first two episodes where it just seemed like we were bombarded with stuff. And this is this sad, lonely Rita. So desperate to just kind of find joy goes to escape is literally, you know, suckered into her own films where what, what
2: what's what's going on
1: there. dude you all right? Oh, no,
2: I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah, it just, just so yearning for acceptance on any level that, Oh, this is all on right. the up and up.
1: Yeah, like she sees nothing untoward about this at all. And and even even within the pictures too, Larry's a freaking idiot as well. Like Larry just immediately is like, "Hey, this 104 guys totally here to help us." He he's not going to do anything, you know, bad. Like what could go wrong? And then of course, he betrays them and then after the betrayal, then tries to save them. So maybe there's layers and levels too that that we're not aware of but it was it was interesting it was just it was very interesting to me that Rita was so willing to just like rush off to to make her own and it doesn't find it funny that the theater is completely empty just has buckets of popcorn around her like None of it should make any sense. And, and maybe she's just not in a rational place. I don't.
2: Uh, I love Cliff. You were in Star Trek. Why did you ever tell us you were in Star Trek?
1: <laughs> yes. It was nice. I'll, I also forget how big of a fan Larry Trainer was of all of Rita's work. Yes. Like that. He is like a super fan, like sees the film and is like, oh, this is this. This is this. This happened here, here and here. It was great, great stuff. All right. Well, Tony, has got he's I-
0: too quiet. I, well, I can tell you that the next episode is called Casey Patrol.
1: Yep. We are, yeah. um, we're going back to uh, follow, uh, we're getting an introduction of a new character. Um, I can't remember their name now. But um, yeah, Casey Patrol, we're going to go check out what's been going on with uh, her. Dorothy. Dorothy, yeah. I was like, what's her name? That one chick
2: niles daughter so yeah so yeah it's interesting it looks like we're going to take a bit of a diversion we're going to take a, a side quest here on doom patrol next episode
1: well and there's a question that you know in that in that coming you know next episode video that they do at the end of you know they do at the end of every episode there was a um tease about Niles calder and whether or not he's really gone Ooh, which of course i don't wondered. think any of it none of us think he's gone so Right, like none of us really think that Niles Calder is gone.
2: No, I don't think okay. so. Thank you. We get he's a, a lot at like least get a more. cameo out of him. Probably, yeah. I would. Hope he's so. a
0: lot. He's a lot like the, the the dad in Umbrella Academy. You know, he'll always be around <laughs> some way.
1: Very, very true. Cool. All right. Well, clearly this thread has run dry on our conversation with this episode again. Not a, really, not a lot of substance. Just a couple of sort of big steps to really move it forward. Uh You know. Probably most of the the emotional punches with Cyborg and Vic trying to figure out himself. So we'll uh, we'll jump into our first commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to go to the trailer park. Where speaking of um, a little dry, a little a little lacking, one very intriguing trailer and two other ones that I don't know. We'll see, and you'll see too when we come back on Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network
2: This is your boy, Kenny
0: Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news,
2: interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out,
3: TheChairShop.com.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Dave, the trailer park was slim Pickens this week. But that doesn't stop us from picking that beautiful banjo and taking a walk, so hit it. Okay. Once again, Patrick O'Dowd picked the first one because, come on. But, you gotta get my, you gotta back me on this. So, this is a trailer for the movie 65. It's starring Adam Driver who, if I understand the premise of this trailer, is like... <laughs> who, in retrospect,
0: will find out he picked the wrong script to do.
1: Stop it. Stop it. We do not... <laughs> I, I do wonder, like, when you read this script and it's like you're you're... You're from the future, but landing on—I presume it's Earth—65 million years in the past, and you're—you know—you're fighting—you're fighting dinosaurs with lasers. Like, I don't—I don't know really where this movie is going based on this trailer, other than Adam Driver is a space dude protecting a child using all the technology and weapons he has as has at his disposal to fight dinosaurs seems like he's from another planet that's technologically advanced i see box office copper maybe not gold silver maybe not gold but it looks dude you're you're mr 3d 3d dinosaurs chasing adam driver i love i love it now that we now that we call (laughs) you know know
0: i'm an adam driver fan you know i'm an adam driver fan right Right. like he He doesn't pick bad scripts yeah, great, great Saturday Night Live though he had as well. Um, but I don't know. I this is not my. I'm kind of done with like like IPAs. I love them, but I'm kind of over the hazy IPA. I'm kind of over like the dinosaur thing. And I land on enough are you, are different you? earths when what we cover right now, so it's like I'm I'm pretty good.
1: So so wait, you were on the dinosaur thing? Like you were you were you were into the dinosaur? Oh, yeah. Right
0: Sure, like 1994 when Jurassic Park came out, it fucking was great. Grandparents took me, you know, I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade.
1: Fun. Uh, you want to you want to shit on the Adam Driver dinosaur movie? Too? I, I didn't
2: shit on it. I just not at all. Kinda actually, I I kind of like this trailer. <laughs> I, I think this movie looks fun. It, like, it I and, it and fun, I don't like. know if it's like if it's somebody from the future or if it's just a futuristic society that existed 65 million years ago that gets diverted from an asteroid and ends up on prehistoric earth i i wasn't quite so sure as to what was going I, on there
1: i i tend to err on the side of the opening
2: phrase that you see in front of every star wars movie
1: a long time ago in a galaxy far far away yeah. not our galaxy it
2: like a future a futuristic society he's transporting 35 passengers for some sort of mission they hit an uncharted asteroid which I'm going to guarantee you, he ends up recharting to earth to destroy the dinosaur 65 million years ago. Um, And then he ends up on earth, prehistoric earth trying to survive amidst the most hellish landscape that we can imagine. But I think, um, yeah, it looks, it looks really fun. It looks good. Adam driver. I, you know, Kylo Ren, I'd never had a problem with him as Kylo Ren. So I think Adam Driver is tremendously talented. It looks like a fun movie and it's, it's prehistoric dinosaurs and there is no Jurassic park attached to it. So that immediately gets me a little bit more interested because if there's one thing I'm agreement with Tony in, it's like, all right, enough of the dinosaurs, at least in the Jurassic park aspect of thing, you're going to give me dinosaurs in a different sort of environment. Okay. Let's see how that works. Tony's not sold, but that's okay.
0: That's all right. After two hundred and seventy two minutes in, he Adam Driver wakes up and he says, Oh, what a day to go play Darth Vader's kid. And then they show like him like just going to film Star Wars and it was all a dream.
1: I told I told you he's surly today, Dave. He is surly. He is clearly Yeah, you know, he's the curmudgeon today. I don't know what happened to him.
2: Are you a France fan or something?
1: But yeah, he must have been a France fan, right? No,
0: but what a game. What a game.
1: It was a terrific game. Uh It's if that's the only soccer game that Americans watch and and shouldn't have gone wrong with, with,
0: with arguably, arguably you could call it last thing. I'll say is arguably you could call it the greatest world cup final ever. I
1: mean, they were already
2: the greatest soccer game of all time. Maybe they, they were those, those were being
1: bandied about by the Fox broadcast teams almost immediately, if not during the game. So that's all legit. All right, let's move on to our next trailer. And, I shared this trailer because it's kind of historic in its own way in that Scream six debuted its teaser. There's nothing particularly special about this teaser other than this is the first scream film with no Nev Campbell. And so this, interestingly enough has quite a bit of, I don't know if it's intrigue for the franchise, but it, It'll be interesting to see. Can I guess? Can the Scream franchise continue to go without Sydney as a main care as a character in the franchise? Because that's that's what we're getting. The trailer itself is just a teenager or teenager or twenty something on a subway, people in mass. She sees Ghostface. Lights, you know, like Ghostface disappears. Ghostface up in her uh, up in her grill and like stabbing the twenty something. We would presume. In the in the subway car before moving on, so that in and of itself is not particularly anything groundbreaking, but it's really about no Nev Campbell. So Tony, can can Scream continue without Nev Campbell?
0: Apparently, um, I I don't know. I did, uh, did I ask this question all the time. Do we need another Scream movie? You know, not not that particular one, but that that question do we need another one of these so i guess we'll find out we'll find out what kind of stars it produces we'll find out i guess what kind of uh, attendance we see from the younger generation on this one you know uh i'm sure it's probably not going to be the biggest box office hit it looks like it's taking place on halloween though with the people that are in costume on the subway or is that part of the trippiness or i'm not sure
1: yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. That's, that's the thing is you don't really, you don't get a lot of context as to what's going on. It, it would make sense that it's Halloween.
0: Listen, I would give them all the kudos in the world if they found out a different way to kind of, you know, present the puzzle pieces here instead of just, you know, granted, like you said, the, the main character is gone now. So how do you do it? Show us something different then. Right. Dave, what do you think?
2: I think there's a cat upstairs and he's uh being kind of loud. That's what I think. Hold on. Oh,
0: now
1: I can hear the cat. Yeah.
2: Okay. My wife's got to get him. Um, see, like with Scream, I kind of checked out two or three movies ago and, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> no more of this. Uh, you asked the question, can it go on without Nev Campbell? Or, uh, yes, it can. Uh, and like Tuddy says, it's obvious they're going to try. The bigger question is, should it? That's a tougher question to answer. Um, you know, I mean, Ghostface is one of those iconic serial killers you know probably a, a a tier below the michael myers jason Voorhees, freddy kruegers but i don't know it's it's like okay i if you guys want to try try but it's like one of those franchises and i'm like i'm over it now i, I feel like Tony in the dinosaurs on scream it's like eh, i'm over it
0: oh well i think it's and i feel like i feel like i'm really dragging the show down today
1: this is a You're tough. A buzz sh- killed kill, Tony. T- t- buzz Okay, kill. well, let's let's.
0: I'll, I'll admit I got some sinus issues going on, but I'm trying to drink them away. That's
1: fair. That's fair. well. well that's that's t- one t- solution. You shouldn't snort. Well, fentanyl. so let's. I,
0: let's <laughs> your, your lipstick. God,
1: let's well, let's go. Let's go to um something a little weird. It, it, and honestly, I'm not sure if you had told me that our first trailer for the Barbie film starring. Um, shit Margot Robbie yeah was going to open with a 2001 space odyssey homage before halfway through becoming this assault on the senses with color I certainly would have been I I would have been skeptical and uh, I would have doubts Uh, I'm still skeptical because I'm not exactly the Barbie target audience my goodness, that was certainly a direction to go in, you know, Greta Gerwig's first trailer for this, uh, for this Barbie movie. We did catch glimpses of some other actors that are in the film, most notably Ryan Gosling as Ken. Um, but what, what do you make of the Barbie trailer, Dave?
2: Well, like you, I was not expecting a 2001 tribute to be the way that we're going to lead into, um i and I thought I thought the trailer was actually very clever because they were talking about toys and how basic kids' toys were for so many years, equating that to yeah prehistoric apes before they you know discovered, hey, we can bash the shit out of stuff with these bones um and then you know Barbie's the evolution of of toys and and historically I don't think you can really dispute that statement too much i uh, when you look at what Barbie did for the toy industry, so I thought it's a very outside the box way of approaching this. And maybe they are trying to target their non-target audience, recognizing how many of us, you know, equate Margot Robbie to Harley Quinn and to stuff like that and say, Hey, look, you know, you guys are going to shit all over this, but look who we got here. And so I thought outside the box, very clever way of portraying it and trying to maybe get people like us. I agree with you, Pat, we are not the target audience, but I immediately saw the trailer and I said, "You know, I, I'm I'm not going to completely shit on this if she's going to continue to approach it this way." So in that respect, mission accomplished. I don't know if that was the mission, but like, okay, this is different than I thought. Do you guys like onions? Uh, it depends on the context and what you're putting it in, Mister Tunney.
0: Because this movie's going to have layers. All right. Ah, but, uh, uh, I think if they're smart enough and I, and by looking at just what we watched here in the trailer and and the comparison we've already made to one of the one of the most iconic movies of all time you could say, you know, in that in that short list um especially like cinematography wise the way they're going to do this is, I don't know, you, you, are you going to have a, a simple story that is, you know, underlying and and kind of outlining the whole thing so that kids follow along? And then you're going to have another story where adults can kind of see, like, you know, the different jokes is kind of like, you know, a Disney kind of movie for that. And then you could have another story about how some of the things that the Barbie franchise were wrong in doing and, and the way they portrayed the female figure and things of that nature that were kind of controversial. I wonder if they touch on all of those things. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. But for now, I guess I'm interested. It looks interesting. Is it more of a musical? It seems like.
1: I mean, it clearly looks like there were dance routines. Like it clearly looks like there was there were dance routines involved. I have, I have a
2: question for you, Tony. It,
0: I'm in on this one, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater in on it, but I will watch it just because it is. It's a. It's probably the. Biggest icon in its genre, it, as far as toys go, right? Like the biggest doll ever is Barbie. It's the game changer. It's you know yep. continues is relevant to this day. It you know it still works.
2: My, my question for you, Tony, is: Do you like parfaits?
0: Do I? <laughs> I is this, is does the punchline these nuts? Is that where we're oh, going? It's
2: from the whole Shrek onion layers thing. Parfaits may be the most delicious uh, damn dessert of all. Time. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Sorry, Pat. I was
2: trying to—I was trying to get Tony to smile a little bit today. He's under the weather. I love
0: parfaits. Why, Dave? I love parfaits.
1: So, noble listener, I I think I'm starting to become more and more comfortable with this being on the shorter end of the Bandwagon Nerds podcast because we—we don't seem to have it today. Something's off. Something's Here's what it is.
0: You want to know what it is, Patrick? Because as pertains to particularly this show, this is the last day before Christmas break. Is it not? True.
1: I can. I can feel it. But there's still important news. We haven't even announced what the next two episodes are going to be. We're very excited about this. I was, I was saving that for the end of the show.
2: Well, those two episodes may have sucked some of the enthusiasm because they were they were pretty epic, and maybe we're just like.
1: So bad. now you've spoiled that they've already been. God, you guys are you guys are like the I worst radio it. personalities ever. Oh you my god! It. Hey, everybody! All oh, right. Well. Uh you know what? Let's we're going to a commercial break. Let's get out of the fucking trailer park. Let's get through the news today. my god, this the train
2: wreck show. That's how he's feeling of this better episode. now, Pat. He's train laughing, wreck. he's smiling. There you go.
1: Oh man, I this I, I feel like the substitute teacher teaching in front of the last day of Christmas uh, of the fall semester before Christmas vacation.
0: That Play Hangman on the- that bitch should just put on a movie and sat the fuck down. <laughs> I would
1: play Hangman on the chalkboard or something. Good lord. All right. <laughs> We're going to take our second commercial break already. Uh, and hopefully get this show back on track. Before we get to our recorded commercials, though, it is my duty to remind you that if you enjoy train wreck shows like this one, if you enjoy all of the banter, if you enjoy a surly PC Tunny, and an out of nowhere David Ungar, then head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in the brand by purchasing one of the many chair shot shirt designs. There are you can get a shirt for the show, The Bandwagon Nurture. I have one, it's great, I love it. You can get shows, uh, or sorry, you can get OG chair shot logos, you can get sayings from the various personalities that are on these shows. All kinds of great stuff there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the shot Shirts are only $19.99 a pop. However, if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style. It'll make you less surly than PC Tunny. When we come back, we will talk some news around the Nerdosphere. Dave will mourn the passing of Henry Cavill as apparently his career is over, according to the internet. All that and more. Yeah. On Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.
0: Promotional consideration
1: paid for by the following.
0: Hey folks, PC Funny here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code Chairshot to save 10%. That's (laughs) AngryLemonade.net.
1: I'm sorry, I can't help that they're in such a bad mood today. I don't know what's going on, but welcome back. You know, as we as we enjoy this wonderful episode of Bandwagon Nerds heading into the holidays with more fallout, I guess is all I can say. We have more fallout from our good friend James Gunn talking about the DCU. And at this point, I've taken Peter Safran out because he has not said a word in the last week since our, our last episode but Smart. but we had a couple we had a couple of things happen after last so last week we talked about the end of Wonder Woman we talked about James Gunn's lengthy statement about difficult decisions that were going to have to be made for the DCU just a lot of stuff that was swirling around there and this week Patty Jenkins put out a post that shared her perspective regarding the end of Wonder Woman three, and you know, and according to her, uh, just to kind of give you some highlights, according to her, the the whole because Rogue Squadron came up as part of this as well, the the Star Wars project that she's working on too. That doesn't no longer has a release date, but is apparently, but it has not been taken off of the production slate. So, according to Patty Jenkins, when she signed on to do Rogue Squadron and Wonder Woman three, part of the reason why. The release date for Rogue Squadron was taken down is because she wanted to focus on Wonder Woman 3. However, Rogue Squadron is still in active production. She says she, you know, had a a meeting with Saffron and Gun, or maybe just Gun, I'm not sure which, to fight for keeping Wonder Woman 3 as some of these other cuts and stuff started happening. However, ultimately it did just not it did not work out. Therefore, Wonder Woman 3 is gone. She said. James Gunn responded to her post and just said, "I can confirm we had lovely conversations that went nowhere." And yeah. and that was that. And Dave, I'll, I'll go to you first because when I posted the Patty Jenkins Patty Jenkins statement, you were like, "Yeah, there's something up with Patty Jenkins." Um, what do you mean by that? I guess is my question, because that's a really loaded thing to say. Like that's, that's the sort of thing you say if somebody's suffering from like mental health
2: problems, I I don't
1: don't know that that's,
2: that's not, no, I just, I think that there's, there's something when I said there's something going on with her, I I think like Disney might have, um, some questions as to their confidence in her at this point in time, because these are both Disney properties you're talking about. And I and I get and and as, you know, as the week went uh, on. One's a Disney one's a Disney property, the other's a Warner Brothers property, sir. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, I mean I, I don't know about the uh I just think like as the story developed more in the week, maybe I want to backtrack away from that. And maybe it's just anything, maybe it's more of a Zack Snyder problem. And anything tied to Zack Snyder is where Warner Brothers has the big issues and James Gunn is like, we need to get the hell away from anything attached to the Snyderverse. These are uh, this fan base out there is kind of toxic. They're not going to be on board with this vision that we've got, Um, you know, but it was, it seemed from Patty's conversation, like you were saying, James Gunn's like, we had a very pleasant conversation that went absolutely nowhere and did nothing to change my perspective on where we need to go. Thank you for the parting gifts. And that's kind of what I took from, gun statements to patty jenkins um so yeah i don't know it it just seems like if they if if either and i'll correct myself if either studio developer whatever you want to call it had a lot of faith in her i think rogue squadron be farther on down the line and maybe you know james gunn would be saying patty you know what we're going to get rid of this wonder woman idea but we're going to bring you in for something else and he kind of hinted at that but it seemed half-hearted at best i mean as for, much as you can read between the lines with a statement so yeah it's a uh, it's it's an interesting time over there at the wb and and the dcu and in, in uh specifically
1: tony your thoughts on the the patty jenkins james gunn interactions first before we get into the next news of the day
0: you know you bring up the whole zack snyder thing and i I've been on this show and I've said it before, I really loved the Snyder cut, if you will, the the time he was allowed to tell the story. You can watch it in parts, whatever. But to that point, they don't want anything to do with any of that. Right. And it's too bad for me, for some people that 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 like the characters that played, you know, or the the actors that played those characters and how they did. I I thought it was just no one was given the power like gun and saffron are going to be given the power now it looks like so we'll see i understand them doing something different so it makes sense so when it comes down to it right like patty jenkins wasn't given what she wanted and that's pretty much the end of the story and i mean they're getting away from it henry cavill fans got to get over it right what can you do
1: and perfect segue henry cavill fans i'm gonna take a quick victory lap Last week on this program. No, last week on this program, I said it straight up. I said, don't count on anything you've seen being part of the future of, of the DCU. And we learned this week, after making a cameo in Black Adam, that people reacted very strongly to, and in a positive way, right? Like, positively responded to. We learned this week, Henry Cavill is no longer... Uh, going to be taking on the mantle of Superman as James Gunn wants to focus on a younger Superman. That seems to be a theme amongst uh, amongst some of these more recent superhero film projects. By the way, I don't know if you have noticed this. It's a lot of younger people. It's, it's the same thing with the Robert Pattinson Batman, which James Gunn also said, like it has nothing to do with whatever he's going to be working on. Uh, But it's a lot of this, like, younger hero finding his way sort of thing. It is a complete reset, and it just furthers my theory that any and all, and Dave even said it, it it seems to be ending any and all remnants of the Zack Snyder Justice League projects. Like, they're Uh, done.
0: Now more than ever, you could ask the question, does the Flash movie make it out? Absolutely.
1: 100%. I I think that is a fair question to ask at this point. Especially when you consider how you've got someone as toxic as Ezra Miller in the lead as it is and if he's if he's leading a defunct project, what's the point? Why why even bother keeping it? But
0: because uh, I mean I I'll, I'll I'll put my bias aside slightly and say it doesn't have to be your ultimately main character, but it needs to be an important part of the story flash. I mean, like literally, you know, (laughs) that's,
1: Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a founding member of the justice league, right? Like he's a, he is a founding member of the justice league. He is every bit as important, uh, to that organization's formation. Uh, that, that character is very, very important. If we're doing a hard reset on Superman, we've clearly ended Wonder Woman. Why? You're right. Why move forward with the Flash? Like why? And and, and I don't. I think you're right. I don't think there's any good reason to do so. Uh, Dave, we we moved on to your uh, your favorite actor, uh, no longer taking on the role of Superman. That they're going younger uh, with this James Gunn written Superman movie that's coming up. And just sort of reacting to that, and Tony brought up the point as I as I did my victory lap of, I told you, don't count on anything from the previous regime to why it just strengthens the, the argument that the Flash film could, could ultimately be scrapped.
2: I've been saying that for a month now, ever since Gunn took over, we've been saying that don't count on the Flash movie being released as many problems, you know, <laughs> you talk about people you want to distance yourself from, Zack Snyder's one thing. Ezra Miller is somebody you need to stiff arm the fuck away from you and, and get rid of any stink that's attached to that whole thing. Um, I am not going to be surprised at, at all. If any, like you posted the article, any of the four upcoming movies, I think, are, are questionable at best that any of them see the light of day. Shazam, what's the point? Re- re- I mean, what's, what's the point of releasing these other than to make back some money?
0: shazam's a kind of a positive goodbye right i mean we've sat here and talked about how that's been good at least i mean right
2: it ha it, it, it and i'm not taking that away from it the shazam movies were good i have no doubt this one will be good it's just that yeah what's the point of all this if you're resetting all this stuff then really w- releasing these almost does more harm than good if you're gun and you're saffron and you're looking at this saying how does this benefit our long-term vision if we release these right now right
0: well good news for us as we get to play the game moving forward of who's going to play this character who's going to play that character Ooh, is it uh, going to be an old is it going to be a young is are we going to introduce black superman are we going to introduce purple upside down vanilla polka dot wonder woman i mean like this is the questions we're going to ask now
1: She is the best of the Wonder Woman's the the purple vanilla soda polka dot Wonder Woman. That's that's a real winner.
0: Right upside down.
1: I think the thing is Oh, upside down. My bad.
2: What we've always said about DC is if there's two characters you have to get right as a foundation it's Batman and Superman and Gunn seems to be taking that seriously by saying we need to go younger with Superman. We love you. And it is interesting. The conversation that they had with each other was very this had a different tone. I felt in the one that he had with Patty Jenkins and the things that he was saying with, because it's like Henry was great about it. Maybe we can bring him back in later on for something different. And maybe there is a different role later on. And if you're doing Kingdom Come, and I I said this last week, you know, an older version, the Snyder characters are older down the line. Maybe they're mentors to a younger generation. Don't know. But uh, I yeah, I mean, the flash really concerns me as far as like why.
0: Is now the time to do something like uh, a black Superman? I, I'm sure Ray not being well, here would appreciate that question being brought up. Well,
1: I shared this in this other story. Hold on. I, I can answer that one, Dave. Um, so in the in the story that is shared at the rundown that talks about James Gunn writing his own Superman movie, the other thing, and this is something we, we hit on on this program when it was announced. But sure. And haven't heard anything new about it. Um, author Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing a superman film featuring a black the the black superman character and that film straight up has been said by gun that it's still on and it will not have an impact on the project that gun is working on jj jj uh, abrams is producing that one uh but that, that's still going, and that script is going to happen, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get done. So we're going to get that character introduced. Is it going to now be incorporated with Gunn's vision? And he's, he's talked in, in the last couple of weeks much more about the DCU being interconnected across basically all mediums of entertainment. So whether that's animation, uh, film, television even video games like it's also more ambition and more ambitious than what marvel is doing so i think we're going to see it i think that project's going to happen
0: listen we got time today is does that mean robert pattinson's batman is done does that mean we don't even get another one i mean you don't know well there was one in that there was a different
2: article i don't know pat if you posted it but there it sounds like it sounds like the conversation between Gunn and Pattinson have been more progressive as far as uh, keeping Pattinson in as Batman, which, you know, it, and it's different because with that one, with, with Robert Pattinson, if you're really trying to get rid of the uh, Zack Snyder stigma, then you don't have to worry about Robert Pattinson. Cause that's a Matt Reeves thing. And you could say, Hey, look, this is not a Snyder verse character. We can bring him in and, and he's part of, you know, we don't have to worry about detaching ourselves. And the Batman was much more critically well-received than any, other than Wonder Woman, any of the fighter films.
0: The, on top of the fact that the timeline in the superhero is early on, right? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot going, to...
2: If he's going early on Clark Kent, then you know that fits right into that whole timeline.
0: Yeah, uh, yes. I, I, mean, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. Give, me, give us one thing that was really good. You know, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. I mean, come on.
1: I, yeah, I think that the interesting thing about the Batman is there's no connection to any other sort of DC property other than the property that is operating within, Right. Like you don't see Lex Lex Corp anywhere. You don't see, you don't see any other acknowledgments of of anything else. So this could, like, as Dave said, it can exist in a bubble before whatever's happening with James Gunn story is taking place. So it could be a prequel. It could be living on its own. We just, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's possible. I don't think they want to throw that baby out with the bathwater yet.
0: Though. That's, that's all I'm saying is right. Like, can you, can you let them have another one and then maybe wait another five years and then you bring the character in at a different point, but it's also still that character. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you, no, could no, some, I hear you. That, such a nice place to go from, from that, for that character's standpoint. Think
2: about this. In theory, the Batman could be the first, the, the first entry in this whole DCU gun could say that's our entry point. That's not something we're expecting, but he could do that and it wouldn't mess up anything because sure. like you're saying, it's standing out there. There's no connection to anything, but it's easy to bring that character forward and tie him into something like if he's doing, okay, we're going to do young Clark Kent. He's just first couple years of the Daily Reporter, just kind of finding himself as Superman, which is paralleling to what Pattinson's doing in the Batman. So you could see he might say, okay, that's our entry point. Everybody thought it would be, it'd be Black Adam. He could say, no, no, the Batman's the entry point, and it's more in line with the tone and the tenor of what we want to establish the DCU to be.
1: Which, honestly, I hope not, um, because, all right, I'm going to say this one more time. It's, and I don't think this is what James Gunn is going to do. If you follow the tone and the tenor of a fucking Batman for all of the DC <laughs> Universe, you are fucking your DC Universe again. The same thing that Snyder did and got him backlash before anything else happened. You don't want mopey Superman, and I think that's where James Gunn is going to get it right. Mopey Superman is not good Superman. All oh. right,
0: I want to take. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just my just last point. Maybe Henry Cavill's gone because they see him as you know do the right thing in the end. Superman, you know, all American Superman. Maybe they want to go with a Superman that people kind of love and hate at the same time—more of a Homelander kind of thing. We'll see. I don't know. Young Superman oh. could be real cocky.
2: I, well, he could, but that's not—that's never been who Superman is. But I, I did want to ask you something, Pat, about Gun. Does Gun doing Superman? Does that make you nervous that he will maybe Taika Waititi this thing a little bit? Try to make Superman too light and, and too comical and too no. much like the guardians and, and that would not probably well, work it, with that. The last thing you want to
0: do is make them boring. Hi, Pat. Thank you for answering Pat's question. Sorry. Not sorry, but Reese's
2: you wanted him to talk.
1: Man. All right. All right. So, um, no, I don't worry about that because we have guardians and guardians too, that show you that he's pretty much had full reigns and even the holiday special. He, I think he's been much more adept than Ytd was at balancing the goofy and the funny with the moments of heart that matter. Like you look, you look at the end of you look at the end of Guardians too, with Yondu and you know that 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 relationship and that there's 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 tr- there's love and there's heart there with a brief bit of humor. But at the very end of the day, when when Yondu dies, like. It's an emotional, it's a very well done emotional scene. You get the Ravager funeral, and it's it just, it feels like he's had a better grasp on the mix of of sort of that humor that he's known for and taking a serious turn. I've also seen Brightburn, and if you've seen Brightburn you know that James Gunn can make a serious movie. Like, Superman Gone Wrong is basically what Brightburn is. Um, as a child like it's 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 pretty darn good so i'm not worried about that so much i'm more worried honestly that he's gonna do a john favreau iron man 2 sort of thing where he gets stuck in some way like i i fault john favreau for putting out a bad movie uh with iron man 2 because he was but it wasn't entirely his fault because he had to create a movie that would um pitch the next Avengers flick or pitch the Avengers, I guess, sorry, not the next Avengers, flick, but it was, it was less, it, it became less about Tony and more about getting you to Avengers. And I hope that's not something that happens to, uh, to James Gunn with a Superman movie or two. That's my bigger concern as opposed to going full Taika, uh, a la Thor Love and the Thunder. So I want to get to this next, news story, though. I'm going to flip the all order a little bit. Actually, I think I'm going to cut the the writer strike one, uh, because Tony brought up a good point about The Flash, and we had another report that came out that Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to take an additional $800 million to $1 billion in write-offs as part of this merger. That means more shit's on the chopping block, and I, I think that it's a very reasonable assumption that the flash could be something that's in danger. The other big thing that's come out of this already is the removal of Westworld and the Nevers and Deadwood from HBO Max. Suck us. And that they're, and that Westworld and the Nevers are going to be licensed to third-party streamers to try and generate money for Warner Brothers Discovery. Like that's why you do that so that you can make licensing money. And they feel like that's content that people will pay for uh, to have on their service that that can generate some revenue. So that's a lot. That's that's we we've now doubled the initial figure of what they were trying to trim. How worried are you, Dave, about some of your favorite WB
2: programs? Um, I don't know. I I. I... It, everything's so up in the air on HBO max right now. And, and this rebranding that they're doing and when that's happening, that, you know, and, and they're in, I mean, WB is just in this position where we're trying to cut stuff and, and so that we can maximize our write-offs, but we're trying to bring in some money by selling off these other properties. So it's a, it's a delicate balancing job that they're, that they're trying to do. Um, I think at this point with those guys, everything's on the table as far as, you know, what, who, a bidding war for the HBO Max properties right now. I, I don't know about the the DC stuff is probably safe. You know, they're probably gonna keep that because you don't invest this kind of money in Gun and Saffron's vision and then just kind of like, yeah, let's outsource all the DC stuff to other entities. But if you're not tied to DC right now, which they see is probably their cash cow, uh I think everything's on the table. And and you could see anything in that HBO Max hub that I mean, yeah in theory theory it could all be I'll, fair game. I'll,
1: I'll fire i'll fire something from dc that i think is absolutely going to get outsourced to a third party once it's back all completely the uh Warner brothers discovery regime i bet you those cw shows will get will get shipped
2: yeah, i mean they're the
1: Arrowverse. oh yeah
2: they're still on Netflix. they already right are there already be not all of them no
1: no uh, mm. only the flash and
2: arrow uh, supergirl legends of tomorrow they're all there
0: well, Pat brings up a great point because if they're talking about a one, you know, a total synergy of TV shows, animation, and, and movies, all kind of having one of each thing. Like, all <laughs> aim.
2: <laughs> sorry, I'd, sorry,
1: I'd, I'd like to. I'd like I, to thank absolutely.
0: Uh, uh, my bad, guys. That was me. No, that was,
1: that was my fault.
0: It's fine. <laughs> no, but it makes sense though, that you would not have that underneath your umbrella when people would come on and check out your stuff. Like you'd still be sending the same confusing message, right? So moving that away from where you're at makes sense. You know, didn't we, didn't I bring this up though when we were talking about all this and, and all the numbers being off for everything and people selling this and that, and some of this shit didn't make sense, but yeah, Sure they they got rid of a lot of stuff because it makes more sense monetarily, you know? They're getting the write off, they're getting this and that from it. So I I don't know. Let's just get on with it and past it. A tough time for DC fans.
2: Since we've got time, I wanted to ask you guys about this. Um when they were talking about somebody to take over DC and we contemplated maybe Greg Berlanti who's been involved in the Arrowverse and put all that together would be somebody to use. I just noticed like Doom Patrol. He's He's involved with Doom Patrol. He's involved with Titans. So he's he's there. I'm wondering if Gunn is going to turn to him for more involvement as we as we move along with whatever. And I think like the article All you posted, importance. Pat, is that he's going to reveal to the executives in the next couple of weeks his grand vision is, is where we're going All right importance.
0: now. How important is the Doom Patrol characters, right? Like, you could easily pull Cyborg from there. Like, well, Jovan...
2: And if you look at everything that was rumored to be on the chopping block that didn't get cut, Doom Patrol, Titans,
0: and and Peacemaker, Peacemaker,
2: I think he's involved with that too. Maybe I don't
0: know. Yes, isn't he married to?
1: It is. It is his baby.
0: And he did it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like it's his show. I'm pretty sure that was that was going to be safe at least for uh, at least one go around. Wildly successful didn't hurt as well. So yeah, it's just the The uncertainty around all of this is um is really fascinating to watch, and I think that much like we talk about with, and we we're talking about this through a DC lens in particular, but I, I do think from an HBO lens, like could Game of Thrones be something that that gets passed to a third party at some point? Um. Could well, I I didn't think that Westworld would, but you you send
0: Westworld out there and boom! I think you like Westworld a little bit more than a lot of people.
1: Westworld's I, I think Westworld's kind of like I Lock and you, Key. I think you underestimate
0: yeah. Westworld's first season in lock, particular. Lock, lock, oh no, the, I yeah, I love the first season. Great, awesome, one hundred percent, all the way through, just like Lock and Key.
1: And I'll throw this out here: I watched Game of Thrones to the bitter end, Tony. Like and that show fell off hard. You now watched, I get it. Have you watched, you're in, you're
0: have you watched. Have you watched House of the Dragon?
1: Right, because you're in love with the first season that started out strong, just like another show in Westward. No, I will. I refuse to watch it. I'm not getting hurt again. I refuse to. It's it's a story I have no interest in. And, Listen,
0: like only whatever. only you can change this narrative, Patrick.
1: I'm fine with my narrative. I I created my own narrative. And now what it is? Create your narrative.
2: No, I just Tony hell hath no fury like a O'Dowd scorned so
1: I'm not scorned I just don't need to watch a story that I didn't want to watch like it's not a story I was interested in pursuing so why would I watch it the point is there's a willingness by HBO it seems like HBO discovery to put it all on the table and so it wouldn't surprise me I'm not saying they're gonna do it but it would surprise me that's a known property and commodity and if HBO is going to get money from, say, a Netflix well, or right. a Hulu. Maybe they, they just don't have a choice. Really, why not? They might not.
2: No, no. Game of Thrones would don't. fetch top dollar, that's for sure. But it's, Absolutely. but it's something well, that they would be like, huh?
0: The ratings for next season are going to be through the roof again because it was a success, right? Like, I, I. Well, I talk- it.
1: Now, now, keep in mind, we're talking about distinct series here. I'm not talking about House of the Dragon; it's still in production. I'm talking about Game of Thrones,
0: which is. Oh, different. I understand. But if you said everything, right. I mean, shit like th- that, that would fetch a lot.
1: Sure. Like, I don't, interestingly enough, the shows that I think are safe on there are shows like Euphoria. Um, I don't know that White Lotus will will go. It may go. I don't know. It seems to be like a, a naughtier Ridgerton or something. But, um, I don't, I don't know. I just, it feels like everything's, everything's there for the taking, uh, Right now. It's it feels like a fire sale ever since this dude from Discovery became the man in charge of the HBO Discovery merger. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh nothing's off the table. I mean, I say the D C stuff isn't isn't on the table, but I'm not so sure about that. I mean, you know, they could it could be for the right price and the right vision.
1: Well DC D C animated features show up all over the place too. Yeah, like fucking that, that the know. kill the kill the killing joke is on Netflix right now. Right. Just just right. out there. So yeah, who knows what's sacred? Because um, even properties that they have that they aren't even doing anything with, like there's so many Cartoon Network properties that they just took off. Like they had Cartoon Network stuff to beat the band, and they're not using it. So we don't know what's going on there. We don't know what their decisions are, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But it does it does make me question the value of HBO Max
3: moving forward.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think the next the next few months to see what comes out of this whole thing is, it, is there, it's just it's uh, it's just constantly in flux right now.
0: It's funny because if you take Hulu and you know they're a part of Disney because you can get them in that bundle and everything, so that's all pretty much their 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 decisions are not their own, even you know if they wanted right. them to be. So it's funny because HBO Max was by far our next favorite streaming service. If you look at the way everything is going down a little a little precursor to oh shit i kind of fucking fucked that up a little bit you know but uh worst radio guys ever we'll 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 see people we'll see if people catch that what i just said so you know right right right. weeks from now
1: oh our 23 listeners will let us know i'm sure
0: we're pretty deep Uh, deep
1: yeah we're pretty deep here's the here um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I what I honestly what I love HBO Max for out of all of the things that it has and all the properties that it that it had control over. One of the things I worry about if HBO Max goes away is there's a lot of classic films from that to, like I love that Turner Classic movie hub. And that's that's and a lot of those movies are stuff that are exclusively held by HBO that I don't like I don't mind. I like that they're in a spot where I don't have to work as hard to find them all.
0: If Marvel was on Paramount and Star Wars was on Apple, uh HBO Max would probably be your favorite streaming. You probably. know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It's it's probably yeah, I I probably go to Disney Plus more than any other streaming service first, followed by it's close. I, I don't know what my actual log time is between the two, between HBO Max and Netflix, but those are my, those are two and three. However, you like, however it shakes out.
0: And Netflix yeah. kind of loses a little on this show because it's not as nerdy, even though it does have Stranger Things and Lock and Key and Witcher, et cetera. But kind of in man. the in the hierarchy of of well, yeah, you know, foreshadowing uh, in the hierarchy of nerdum things, it doesn't kind of you know resonate all the time.
1: I think that's fair. All right. And I think it's fair to uh, wrap this episode up here. I, uh, I am not interested in talking about a writer strike Uh, that may or may not happen, but, uh um, Kids, a writer strike may or may not happen after the results of a lawsuit against Netflix for residuals.
2: The bigger part on that if it actually happens. The bigger part of that story is just Netflix just screwing people over. (laughs) I thought that was the bigger part of that story. But
1: everybody's screwing people over. Like I think it's hilarious that that Netflix is Netflix is the bad guy in this one, but it's no different than Marvel being the the guy who screws or the, the company that screws over special effects artists. Everybody's getting screwed. It's just who's doing the screwing. Is hey, really well cool. get laid. That's right, Rodney. But I think this is as good a place to end this conversation. We're heading into the holidays. Dave and Tony have already alluded to it, but for the next two weeks, rather than doing our standard bandwagon nerd shows, we are bringing you two very special episodes. As yes, we've talked about it, we've rumored about it, we've joked about it, I've fought it. I've spoken against it. I've denied it. And yet it is proven to be undeniable. We will be hosting
0: the Hero streamies. Oh. No. Is this the Cut? Sandwagon
1: Nerds, Nerds, the Streamies. Two episodes, two weeks, 14 categories to determine nerd entertainment supremacy. We're going to have categories ranging everywhere from best movie and series to. Under the radar to disappointments. It's all going to be there. We are going to be joined. This is confirmed, by the way. The creator, the the brains behind the idea of the streamies, or at least the guy who spoke it into existence and everybody laughed. Aesop Mitchell will be on the program for both editions of the streamies. That's right. Four members of the bandwagon going over the best and the best of 2022 in the nerdo sphere look forward to that we hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season no matter what holiday it is you celebrate this is me raising my glass to wish you all a happy new year as we won't be with you to ring in the new year um in, in the sense of a traditional episode because as dave let out the bag yeah we've already recorded them there done spoiler alert
2: tony confirmed it too
1: Thanks hashtag dave's fault confirmed by tunny patrick long, is sad patrick that's a long hashtag it oh. is hashtag failure hey, hashtag
2: they're they're excellent episodes patrick. that's all i will say about it
1: had a lot of fun doing those episodes and i think everybody will enjoy them i really i really hope you enjoy them before we get out of here uh so that they can get to those episodes come you know so that we're not still recording until christmas why don't we do a quick once around the bandwagon to uh Tell everybody how they can find you on the socials and where they can listen to you on the chair shower, Radio Network. start with David Ungar today.
2: You can find me on Twitter at PC Surly. Uh, that's my new uh, Twitter handle from here on out. Fuck so. you. <laughs> what a bunch of dicks. Nah, I got a
1: lot of problems with you people. And you're going to hear
2: about them now. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, at Attitude AGG, unless Elon takes that down, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression
0: there you go well you can find me at pc tony make sure you continue to listen to everything chair shot radio network all of your favorite streaming platforms wrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot.
1: and you can follow me on the twitter at wrestling realist that is at w-r-e-s-t-l-n-g-r-e-a-l-i-s-t you can also follow the show on twitter at bandwagon nerds just as it's spelled uh you can listen to me every monday tuesday and wednesday on the chair shot radio network mondays i'm here with these Groups of knuckleheaded nerds talking nerdy stuff. Tuesdays I'm with Dave talking hockey and music, and Wednesday I am on the airwaves with one Greg Demarco for the Greg Demarco Show talking wrestling. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, enjoy some holiday nog, and we will see you for the streamings next week. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.
0: Keep the change, you filthy animals.
3: Change Turn and face the strain. Change your hills. You wanna be a richer man. Change Turn and face the strain. Change your hills. He's gonna have to be a different man.
2: Ogres are like onions.
0: They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> Oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody likes onions. Cake! Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care
1: what everyone likes. Ogres are not
0: like cakes. You know what else everybody likes? Parfait. Have you ever met a person, you say, hey, let's get some parfait? They say, hell no, I don't like no parfait Parfaits are delicious.
2: No! You dense, irritating, miniature beast of
1: burden. Ogres are like onions. End of story. Bye-bye.
0: See you later. Parfaits may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet.
3: You know, I think I preferred your humming. Do you have a tissue or something? Because I'm making a mess.
0: Just the word parfait made me start slobbing.